0: On your Thursday episode of Locked on Raptors, which Toronto Raptors have the most riding on this coming season from an individual perspective? Whether it's long term future with the team, contract implications, role implications, all of that, we're going to reveal our list with myself and Katie Heindel on today's show as we dig into the dudes with the highest stakes going into 2022 23. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to
1: miss. So.
0: On, welcome to episode number 1240 of Locked On Raptors for uh, God, Thursday, September the 8th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at sean You can find the show at Locked On Raptors and you can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast apps. You can also go over to YouTube and subscribe to the podcast for free as well. Big red subscribe button, can't miss it, hit it, and you have supported the show and you have uh, forever gained a spot in my heart. For the rest of time. So thank you very much for doing that. Also, go check out the YouTube channel on the community tab. I've been posting little questions of the day there. Today's question of the day is tied to today's episode. Digging into uh, who on the Raptors has the most riding on this coming season. We're going to get into that and reveal our list today with Katie Heindel. Katie, how's it going?
2: It's going good, man. I have to thank you for giving me the week off last week. uh, (laughs) Because I moved and I'm getting settled. And as you can see, I still don't really... Know. This is a part of the kitchen, but I don't know where my like <laughs> podcasting from space will be so everybody can do a little bit. No one is actually going to do this. It's not that interesting. But like a, <laughs> oh, what room is she in now? Where's Waldo type situation yeah. as the weeks continue.
0: <laughs> where in the house is Katie Heindel? Uh, the most fun game ever played here <laughs> on Lockdown Raptors, to be sure, because most of the games I devise. bad. Uh, All right, Katie, on today's show I've devised another game that might be bad, might be good. Uh, We have assembled lists of the three players on the Raptors who we think have the most riding on this season, and that's Mm -hmm. a broad general term. You know, you could sort of boil it down to individual accolades and, you know, individual development and things like that. You could look at contracts and the long-term future of guys within the Raptors or outside of the team. All of that is uh, gonna be sort of baked into our lists, one through three here today katie are you ready to dive in
2: i am excellent
0: so how we're going to do this is each segment we're going to reveal one player each from our lists and we're going to reveal them at the same time for dramatic (laughs) effect i don't know katie's list Katie doesn't know my list we might have some overlap we might not uh and we'll just talk about it for i don't know nine or ten minutes or so with each revealed rung of our list so we'll begin with number one katie who do you think has the most riding on this coming season for the Toronto Raptors? We'll reveal in three, two, one. Fred VanVleet. OG Ananobi. Okay. <laughs> we have disagreement. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, let's start with OG Ananobi, who is on my list later on. He is uh, in segment number 3. Um, but we'll dig into OG right now. I'm sure Fred will come up at another time. OG Ananobi. Very interesting guy. I toyed with him at number two number three even off my list why do you think og has so much riding on this season katie um
2: well i feel like og unfortunately is perennially my number one kind of like this this is a season like this has got to be it you know like we do Mm -hmm. you and i have definitely had this conversation probably for this is the third time i think pre-season uh because of all the regular reasons that i say which is he's never gotten this kind of runway that he deserves in a full season. We've seen where he's grown um, in the small windows that he has had, and then it's kind of derailed, you know, and I think sometimes whether or not it's a disruption to his season, there have been disruptions in terms of, you know, new personnel coming in, the roster getting like shaken up a little bit, people figuring out what their new roles are, you know, And, and OG, I think because of then because of his, seasonal disruptions that he's had he's had doesn't necessarily as seamlessly fit into those and he's kind of got to make up for it in ways which has made him actually you know to his benefit one of the most uh versatile I think players that the Raptors have Mm -hmm. uh, and that he's been able to adjust and kind of take on assignments uh as they come to him but I generally am just always hoping for the best for OG which is what I want to see this season.
0: Totally. I think, like, the main thing is health, right? And, yes. and it's not that it's any, like, doing... I don't even want his. to say it
2: anymore, because, like, yeah, like, I don't... I don't want to jinx... Like, I already feel very uncomfortable. I just knocked the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it's, it, it's a bummer, because, yeah, like, he's had a lot of freak stuff happen. He gets hit mm. in the face all the time. He gets hit <laughs> in the eyeballs all the time. He had the ep- appendectomy at the start of the playoffs in 2019. Like, it's been a rough go for him of course he was sort of derailed in 2020 2021 by covid you know kind of mm-hmm. in line with the rest of the team in march there and Yeah, like, it doesn't feel like he's ever really gotten a full year of just sort of playing every day to kind of figure out exactly what he is. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I feel like I kind of have a pretty good handle on what he is, and it's a pretty damn good player. It's, oh, he averages 17 a game and grabs five or six boards and is one of the best wing defenders alive while shooting 39-40% from three. Like, if that's all OG Ananobi is... That's totally fine. And like that's that's something that every team in the NBA needs. And so I guess that's why I have him a little bit lower on my list, in that, like, I don't think he has a ton to prove play-wise. I think, for me at least, it seems as though the understanding is that this team is going to eventually crystallize around Scotty and Pascal kind of being the ones who steer the wagon and everyone else kind of filling in the gaps. And like, you couldn't really ask for a better gap filler than OG with what he does well so I, I I just I don't know if there's a ton in terms of like role or you know expansion of his game that I'm looking for, but I suppose given a full run and maybe if they do kind of divert some more possessions, maybe away from a Fred Van Vliet to an OG, maybe he can expand his sort of repertoire a little bit, but I just don't really know if it's all that necessary. And I guess it all, it it is sort of tied up into this is the issue of, you know, what's his role with the team? Is he happy with his role in the team? You know, there were rumors and burblings all summer long, you know, varying degrees of legitimate, I'm sure. But, you know, that kind of, I think kind of ties into this as well where I think there's a way in which this could go kind of wrong for OG this season. Like, if he gets hurt again, if, he, if there are any issues with terms of, like, the, the sharing of the ball and not getting his touches or whatever, he doesn't really seem like the vocal type to come out and say, like, give me more touches. But I do think there's a world in which we could see, like, Raptors fans... Probably unfairly kind of turn on him if the injuries do persist, even if it's not his fault. That's just the fickleness of fandom, Katie. That's I just how not. it's going to go. I yeah. really hope not either, man, because OG's awesome. It would just be nice to just see, for me, a season of OG just being the exemplary role player that he is, and everyone just kind of being okay with that. It, it was always unfair that he had, like, the Kawhi comparisons heaped mm-hmm. upon him and all that stuff. I don't know. It- it's It's a weirdly high stakes season for OG, but also I, I think like if things just go quiet and normal, like it it can be like one of the most unassuming and good seasons that any
2: Raptor has. I think so. I maybe um I mischaracterized the exercise slightly. I swear in our original text it was who are we maybe <laughs> most excited for? Oh. <laughs> um, so that to me is still OG, but then you know I I think I can still I would still put him number one if it's the most approved and I again I don't mean that in a very ominous way like he's got to prove it or else I'm certainly not on that boat Uh, I think it's just he might have the most approved for himself because he hasn't had again the kind of like runway that we've seen Pascal Siakam have, where he's been able to grow leaps and bounds Fred Van Vliet where he's able been able to get that all star you know like that all-star nod finally Mm Scotty Barnes last season like he's watched this happen around him I could see him Really itching, you know, now to have that for himself. And what used to go back to what you said about maybe he's not the type to kind of speak up and say, look, like I want the ball a lot more. Maybe mm-hmm. he, again, he is now like enough pressure, right? Like you put, you back someone into a corner or they kind of feel enough pressure and as, as steady and and kind of like uh, demure as he seems, mm-hmm. something still happens when guys hear their name over and over and over and like trade speculations, which, sure. which is like what fell on OG the most in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes that were not to be. Mm-hmm. So again, like all these things could culminate uh, yeah. into him Like, maybe really finding his voice this season, too, which wouldn't be the worst thing for him, I think, in terms of next steps for player development.
0: I think as far as the Raptors are concerned, like, the ideal outcome for this season is that OG kind of reveals himself to be, like, the third most important player on the team after Mm -hmm. Scottie and Pascal. Like, that's not to take anything away from Fred. We'll talk about Fred, but... Like, if it just becomes like a no brainer, like, oh, this team only works because OG is on the floor for all these different reasons that he's kind of part and parcel to, like, that would be, I think, a wonderful outcome for this season. He's also a really fascinating character because he is at once like one of the pillars of the vision six foot nine thing, mm-hmm. while also being kind of the guy who's most getting squeezed because of all the six foot nine guys. Yeah. It is. It's a really interesting dynamic. I, i'm I'm hoping it's like a copacetic and chill and you know relaxed OG season where he can, you know, make some fun content and you know, re- recapture the scarves magic of a couple years ago or whatever. But um certainly a lot hanging on this season for O G, even if he's not maybe in the same sort of contract situation that a couple of the guys that we're probably going to talk about today are Mm -hmm. uh we're gonna continue on katie and get into the number two people on our list coming up in just one second here but first i want to tell you about our friends over at built bar who are making the best tasting protein bars in the world and of course you know by now they are in the puff game as well marshmallowy deliciousness cloudy fluffy Covered in chocolate, and this time filled with cookie dough chunks. That's right, the cookie dough chunk puff has a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You get all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it or without the embarrassment of going into the fridge and just pouring the tube into your mouth like I sometimes do because I am a monster. This comes in a wrapped container. It's a little bit more civilized when it comes to cookie dough consumption. You just get 160 calories in a standard cookie dough chunk puff bar as well and 15 grams of protein and that's collagen protein which absorbs into your body more efficiently it provides tons of health benefits most of the stuff in your body is made of collagen so why not give yourself more collagen i suppose uh you're gonna love the new cookie dough chunk puff as you will probably love all their other great stuff over at built bar so go peruse the site they got limited time flavors that pop up time to time as well go to built.com use the promo code lockedon 15 and get 15 percent off your order this the promo code lockedon 15 all one word
1: Locked on NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day with Katie Hindle from Dime, from Basketball Feelings, from formerly uh basketball the podcast everybody is missing uh <laughs> for sure that's what people are saying right it's where did all basketball go it's our favorite show we miss it so much um that's all of the text messages that i get frankly katie anyway just my uh, dad
2: lo- <laughs> who when he asks when he can be on the show again and then i a few Aww. times i've been like it's done he's like what
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have him on this show at some point then uh, you know dj god don't get bring on that here. on
2: yourself uh,
0: he was great when we had him on to talk about Vegas on UB. Uh, I feel like he could do it again. Uh, let's get to number two on our list, Katie. I had Fred VanVleet as my number one. We'll talk about Fred either in this segment or next, but based on the results of this revealing of our list. But uh, number two on your list, you had OG first. We'll count down. Three, two, one. Gary Otto Trent Porter, Jr. Otto Porter two Jr.?
2: Years.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I am interested as to why you think Otto has a lot riding on this season, Katie. He, to me, feels like the most low-maintenance dude on the team. He's going to come in. He's going to play 22 minutes. He's going to hit 40% of his threes. He's going to go home and you know hang out with his Toronto-born wife. It's going to be a great time for Otto Porter. Why do you think he has a lot riding on this year?
2: Um, I'm going to actually... This one is definitely what we said about <laughs> interesting... Oh, you said mm. three guys. We have them... Oh, you. it was most riding on the season it wasn't most excited for (laughs) whoops (laughs) um all right let me see if i can make an argument in real time because i am definitely excited to see we're in the take
0: game here katie you gotta come with the the takes quick
2: you and i uh i mean i would say with how close the camp like though he the camp spots don't really you know come down on auto um And he is kind of secured a spot. I think there is a real atmosphere of competition for the this is tough (laughs) for the for the like non solidified rotational spots, which I know maybe Otto's not really vying to 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 like be the backup, like the guaranteed like backup to anybody. Like I think he will come in late and as needed. But the Raptors are historically a franchise that can make Players like this like shine, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, really, yeah. they like come in, kind of find their niche. You saw it with that young last season. I'm like, over, I'm just thinking like season over season. No, Lou Williams is a terrible example because <laughs> the
0: opposite. Look, man, this is the team that made Patrick Patterson look like a real player for a few years. I think you, you're, you're onto something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, I will even touch on. You're like, they're at different stages of their career, obviously, but Gary Trent Jr. is another great example of that. You know, whereas in Portland, like he just really didn't have, they didn't necessarily have a plan for him and like that type of player, or he wasn't really getting the minutes. And now he has this like solidified, permanent, necessary role on the team, you know, as Mm -hmm. one of the most reliable shooters. So I think Otto could, figure that out how was that i did it yeah I think. it was
0: good yeah uh i i i think Otto's is going to be a lovely addition to the team and i kind of keep forgetting he's on the team because he's so low maintenance um, very chill but I, chiller
2: uh, with a lot riding on this season
0: yeah i mean health wise for sure like that's the thing he's kind of struggled with and if he wants to continue on getting more than minimum contracts i'm sure he's going to want to stay healthy and be productive so there is that um I'll say Gary Trent Jr for me, he almost was number 1. Mm-hmm. I I don't know idea how to read what the deal with Gary's going to be cuz I think like a lot of different sort of like forks in the road could come up at points this season for the Raptors and I'm curious as to how a guy like him who very much has a high opinion of himself for good reason, the man mm-hmm. is like a dude who's like a tough shot maker of the best of the highest order. I do wonder if at some point Katie There comes a crossroads where Nick Nurse goes to Gary Trent Jr. and says, all right, man, you're coming off the bench because we need to start Precious. We need some juice off of the bench. We can't just have all centers and bigs coming off the bench just because we got to have like some changing of the dynamic here and how the rotation works. Mm -hmm. And I do think Precious is very likely to play himself into like, oh, well, obviously this guy needs to be starting and closing games. He's just that good defensively and he's hitting his threes. Why wouldn't you have him out there? And so I guess it's like, how does Gary Trent Jr. respond to that in what is potentially a contract year? He has the opt-out uh, opt at the end of this season. You would assume mm-hmm. he's probably going to opt out at this rate. Uh, Captain and or George really agrees uh, with what I'm saying here. George. And, and I, I just, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it could go a lot of different ways with Gary this season. And it kind of depends on the way he responds to how the team's going to use him. And, you know, I, I think there's a world, I've mentioned this before, but... I don't know if you're guaranteed to have Gary Trent Jr. on the team next season because of the contract situation, because at some point they're going to have to decide who the core is that they're going to roll with and pay. You can't pay everybody. There's a salary cap. There's luxury tax implications that are just going to be unavoidable for this team. And, and I do wonder if this is like the year that's kind of make or break for Gary when it comes to is he a member of the Raptors long term?
2: I was just making sure that the commotion had settled down. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I I think like maybe he doesn't fit in with the vision, the overall vision, obviously, just because of his type. Um, But I also don't think that the Raptors problem of just shooting has really been remedied aside from Gary. So I think, you know, at least there's a plan in place for him there, which is please just make shots. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um i i don't know i i think like oh oh, sorry (laughs) it's okay dogs are great no one has anything against dogs they just don't know what the noises are in the new Mm -hmm. place um yeah i lost my train of thought i'm with you i think gary's like high opinion of himself is is again like pretty warranted Mm -hmm. uh and i think he will probably use what we're what we're bringing up as questions not from us because I don't think he's listening. Um no, no, I, he just I think tunes he's, into
0: this podcast for all his bolts and board These material. are
2: just things <laughs> that he no doubt like sees and hears and kind of feels himself and will also be looking to, you know, put it like kind of prove this season. Again, mm-hmm. like it's a very competitive the East has grown so much more competitive, and I think the inner workings of this team have grown really competitive. I think if yeah. there was any um like if it, that was not at all clear, I actually do think that uh, Messiah and Bobby going so deep or at least as deep as it was made known a, on Kevin Durant mm-hmm. has also probably put a little bit of pressure on guys that were even like, you know, I have like a, a guaranteed or like safe spot on this team mm-hmm. because that's what happens when you're on like a competitive, like a competing. No!
0: Yeah. It's what happens when you're on a competitive team that is, like, very clearly positioning itself to make big trades and, like, have, you know, dudes that they can kind of ship off at a moment's notice, right? Like, it's not hard to see how the Raptors are trying to set themselves up here to put themselves in those star trade conversations, and Gary's going to be a big part of that. And, yeah, it's – I – like, I, I I said this last week on the podcast answering a mailbag question. Like, I think there's a world in which Gary is dealt at the deadline. If the East is as competitive as we think it is and the Raptors falter in any way, they're number eight or nine in the standings because the Hawks are better than we thought or the Cavs are, you know, come together really quickly. The Bulls maybe uh, perform above what maybe they're expected to perform. Like, as a pending free agent, potentially, a guy who maybe they don't view as a long-term piece. Like, I could totally see them doing the Norm Powell thing where they say, all right, well, he's not going to be part of the long-term plans. Let's kind of kick the can down the road a little bit with a different player and figure it out. And so, yeah, a lot riding on this season for Gary Trent Jr. There's also an outcome here where he kicks ass and hits 43% of his threes and adds a little bit more off-the-bounce juice and improves as an on-ball defender. And you're sitting there thinking, wow, $25 bucks a year for this guy. Sign me up for four years because that's the kind of player he is. He's 23 years old. There's plenty of room for growth here, but uh, I do think it could go very much either way. And I I could not begin to predict what the outcome for Gary Trent Jr. this season in the hole is going to be. Um, we're going to round it out, Katie. Come back with our third entries on our list of the players with the most riding on this coming season. We'll get to that in just one second. But just a reminder, you can check out Locked on NBA each and every day on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube for free. They're covering all of the big stories across the NBA, covering Eurobasket right now as well, and everything else going on in a world of hoops. So go check out Locked on NBA five days a week, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, Katie, let's round this out with the third players on our lists of the most guys with the most riding on the 2022-23 season for the Toronto Raptors. I do want to talk about Fred VanVleet, who is my number one. Uh, We'll get to that, but also we should reveal our number threes. Katie, three, two, one. OG and (laughs) Thad Young, all right. Uh, (laughs) uh, So we talked about OG already. Quickly, let's hit on Thad Young, Katie. Why is he your number three? Of course, you uh, did the players you're most excited for as opposed to the players the most riding on it, which is fun. We get a double-pronged podcast here. It's fantastic. Thoughts on Thad Young. And can you concoct a take about how he has so much riding on this coming season?
2: I think he does just because the center question is still unanswered, right? And he's as close as... As the Raptors really have, but he's also shown that he is like worth like being in that conversation and not just like in that role. I think he came in and sort of um, I don't want to say like cleaned up a lot of what was lacking, Um, but he really like made short work of the role for himself. And I again, like he's a little bit older. Um, I think it's like very sure and like guaranteed what the team seems to want out of him. Mm But there's this question, again, of staying power.
0: I do think there is sort of a little bit of a thing with Thad here where he will either prove himself to be an essential role player for this team who is playing some small ball five, who's connecting the dots between really good players and good lineups, and he is like an essential piece that you can't do without, or you get to the deadline and you look at that contract that Thad has, which is a pretty movable, reasonable contract to put into a trade, for salary-matching purposes, which is, of course, ghoulish and terrible to think about, but hey, that's just how it works. And I think, you know, if things don't work out, if it is maybe a little bit more like the start of the Thad tenure last year where he's not hitting shots, where he's kind of not really hitting guys with passes because they're not really sure what the hell he's doing with this herky-jerky game, if the chemistry doesn't quite come, he could end up being the guy that they move at the deadline in some sort of upgrade just because of the salary-matching implications of his of his numbers. So, um, yeah, there, there is certainly stuff riding on it for Thad, Let's talk about Fred, Katie, because I am fascinated by Fred Van Vliet this season for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, contract year, he's got the opt out at the end of the season. You would assume he's going to opt out of that. He's making 20 million bucks. Uh, He's probably going to be inching towards 30 or more uh, as an annual figure beyond this season. So, there's that that he's playing for. You also have this thing that we talked about back when we were discussing the extension that has not been handed out to him this offseason, which is a little peculiar, but um, also makes sense considering the incoming cap spike and stuff. But, you know, we talked about like his reputation and how he's kind of perceived among a lot of corners of Raptors fans as like this gunner who doesn't really adapt to the team and is kind of out for himself, which I don't think is in any way fair. Like it's it was a byproduct last season of him having to carry the team in the first couple months of the season because their best player was still making his way back from shoulder surgery and there was a new team with different faces and all this stuff and he had to kind of be the dude who saved the day a lot of the time and he made the all-star game as a result of that he was very very good but there is that sort of gunner connotation i think you Think back to some of maybe his lower playoff moments. That kind of feeds into it as well. You know, the last play against Boston in the bubble, for example, in Game 7 where he dribbles the life out of the ball and doesn't get up a good shot. That still is going to linger in people's minds. And, you know, he does have this sort of reputation. But I think there's a lot of opportunity here for Fred to really flip the script and just sort of be the point guard that every Raptors fan kind of came to know and love with Kyle Lowry who can be adaptable to what the team needs. And I do think the team needs him to change the way he does things a little bit this season. Like I think he's going to have to play off the ball more because he's just really freaking good at playing off the ball. He's an incredible shooter. He's just so smart running around away from the ball. Like they need him off the ball to be their best selves, I think. And it's also going to be a bit of a delicate balance this year. We talked about Gary Trent Jr in a contract year. OG looking for more of a role. Precious surely, you know, kind of rising up the ranks as well. Like it's going to be on Fred to, in in large part, be the guy who makes sure everyone's eating, you know? And, and I do think Kyle is sort of famed for what he's been able to do, what he was able to do with the Raptors, kind of flipping his role year to year based on what the team needed. And I do think that there's the same sort of opportunity here for Fred to completely change whatever the unfair reputation that he's garnered as a gunner is, and that he can be sort of be that adaptable point guard that this team's probably going to need. What are your thoughts on what Fred has riding on this season, Katie?
2: Uh, I think, like, the, the same kind of stuff he's got riding on every season, which is unfortunately proving something yeah. to a fan base that is always tends to be a little bit divided on the necessity mm-hmm. of Fred Van Vliet, which to me is just very much like an anchor, an organizer. You know, when you have just, like, a gigantic long team like this, you need someone like Fred uh, to make sense of it and a lot of the times you know, Mm -hmm. or else I think it would be a little too hectic and haywire uh, out on the floor. That said, I am kind of curious to see where he fits in with if they want, you know, Pascal or Scotty to be playing point more, which could happen. And I think should happen. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would be curious to see, you know, where Fred sort of slots into that. I think he's like, again, incredibly adaptable and i don't think that will be a problem for him but like, all this does is add a lot more versatility to his game right and again it's yeah. like yeah they didn't they didn't give him the extension fred to me does seem like someone who <laughs> would st- stay <laughs> who like would stay and wants to stay with the franchise but you also can't discount like how valuable he would be to pretty much like i don't know off the top of my head like five or six teams in the east like maybe more in the west right now yeah
0: Yeah. he's a valuable guy and like he's going to be very coveted if he does hit free agency this offseason which Mm -hmm. seems like it's probably going to happen if he opts out um and and, you know the raptors have a long track record of keeping their dudes so i'm not like terribly worried about fred as a flight risk if they you know try to you know just they they come correct and give him what he's going to want um but yeah like i think He's always he's kind of in a weird spot kind of like OG even though OG is like sized to what the Raptors are trying to do like he's still maybe kind of maybe the guy who's most being pushed out. Fred's kind of in a similar spot or at least could be in a similar spot in that he's not 6 foot 9. He's not this rugged two-way wing. He's rugged in his own right and he's a two-way player for damn sure, but You know, I I do wonder if like the Raptors get so sort of like horny for this six foot nine thing that they start to look at the six foot point guard and are like, oh, no, he's too short for us. I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I think they have a little bit more nuance and there's not such a black and white thing with this team building thing where they can only get players of a certain size and, and, you know, measurement. But uh, I could totally see a world in which Fred doesn't adapt this season there are some issues. Maybe he does carry too high a usage rate for the team to be its best self. Doesn't play off the ball as much. And maybe the Raptors are sort of reconsidering where he fits into the long-term plans. I I still think he's going to be around long-term. I I would imagine he's probably going to sign a big deal. I think mostly him not signing the extensions to do with the cap going up insanely in in the coming years with the new TV deal and getting free of COVID and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing because I do think his, adaptation this season is maybe like the most important in team development that, you know, I'm hoping to see because like without him accepting a third banana ball handling role, then you're probably not seeing the sort of idealized version of this team, which is a a problem. You you want to see the best version of the team. And and I think the best version of the team involves Fred Van Vliet hitting like 45% of his catch and shoot threes on like eight or nine attempts a game because he's just like an off ball jitterbug that no team can really stay with. Um, any last thoughts? Any other guys? Any honorable mentions for you who you think have a lot riding on this season, Katie?
2: Um, well, like, like I think the camp is gonna is like a pure encapsulation. I don't want. I know you don't want to talk about the camp too much, but it's <laughs> like a pure encapsulation of what it is we're talking about, which I think feeds into again. Like to go back to this sense that there is a there is a sense of pressure on everyone. Mm-hmm. But I would say that's not a bad thing, right? Because mm-hmm. like without that sort of pressure and expectation, you have a team that's just sort of riding on the accomplishments and what they achieved, which which is what they overachieved, mm-hmm. I'd say last season. And like that's not where that's like a perfectly fine place to come into the season with. Again, like a lot of teams at the lower end or even like middle end, I think of the East. Um, a lot of teams in the West would be happy with that sort of steady state. But the Raptors typically aren't. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why they're going to do so well this season is because of that pressure. So while it feels like maybe a bit of discomfort, it leads to things having to clarify and, and, you know, get sorted out pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I think we all kind of looked at last season as a bit of like a learning experience. Like, all right, we got this weird kooky team, all these new dudes. Let's just (laughs) see what happens when we try some weird stuff out. I do think this season is going to have to be a little bit more of like, okay, we've thrown the stuff at the wall. Some of it's stuck. Some of it hasn't. We should probably maybe do like one last throwing at the wall at the start of the year just to kind of see what goes on. And then by the end of the year, we probably should know what's going to stick and like what we're going to sort of keep is like at the core tenants of our team going forward. This is kind of the last incubator season, I would say. And then you kind of move into a different tier of contention and your, your sort of development window. So there, there is a lot riding, I think just for the team itself. I think Nick nurse probably has a lot riding on this season. Like, can he be adaptable? Can he change the way the team plays to maybe be a little bit more sustainable over the course of a full season, you know, prevent injury, prevent guys getting worn down. Can he, stop playing Pascal Siakam to Fred VanVleet 40 minutes a night. Like all of that is there. Um, And I think like the beautiful thing here is that we haven't talked about Pascal Siakam at all. And I think that's nice. I think that's warranting a mention. Like, He's proven it, man. He's really, really freaking good. He's he was an all-NBA player. I think he's sort of like the sure thing coming into this season, which is an awesome place to be for a guy who's had a couple of down years, at least when it comes to his reputation and his sort of expectations coming into the year. Like, if you were to ask this question a year ago, Pascal would probably be number one on both of our lists, right? And I just don't think that's the case now, which is great and speaks to the growth he's made as a player, and it's been awesome to watch. Um, Katie... I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's show. Any last parting shots? Anything you would like to plug for the good people out there?
2: Uh, you can read Basketball Feelings. Uh, you should read another. Basketball
0: Feelings. Don't you, <laughs> not just you can, you should.
2: You can and you should. I'll plug another podcast, which is for the 23rd episode, a.k.a. the Michael Jordan episode of the Basketball Feelings podcast. Rather than pick one guest, uh, I went back and asked a few former contributors and guests to pick a feeling that they thought they were done with in their lives, only to have to come back to much like when Michael Jordan left basketball for baseball (laughs) and came back. And the answers are pretty funny, like very heartfelt, like pretty serious. Uh, Our own and maybe everyone listening known Raptors Fave. Will Lou gave a really great one. But yeah, you can find that. And I made it free. So you don't need to be a paid subscriber to listen to that.
0: You still should be a paid subscriber. Yeah, you
2: should. If you like it, if you're like, if you like it and you're like, oh yeah, I like this podcast, that is usually just for paid subscribers.
0: There you go. There you go. Uh, Go support Basketball Feelings. Go support all of Katie's wonderful work. You can find me at woodley sean on twitter you can find the podcast free and available on all your favorite podcast apps and on youtube again please go subscribe to the youtube channel and let us know in the comments who do you think has the most riding on this season for the toronto raptors happy to see folks interact with the show with the comments and uh that'll do it we'll be back again on friday topic tbd because it's the off season baby uh so keep an eye out we'll be back again tomorrow then thank you so much for tuning in and go make your second listen of the day the locked on nfl ultimate football preview as the i think the nfl season starts tonight i i don't really care about football anymore but if it you does. do it yeah does. beautiful if you do and you are a football fan go check out the ultimate football preview it's fantastic go check it out on its own feed for your second listen of the day and we'll talk to you again on friday Bye bye